When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express Card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Dios FM. Capítulo 1, Loca Epistemologies. Yes, we're recording. We are live. Hello, welcome to Locatora Radio. I am Dios FM. And I'm Mala Munoz. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. So we're just going to start today with a little background of, or an introduction of who we are, um, what this podcast is about, and... Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. This is Capitulo Uno. So this is our first um, recording, our first episode for Locatora Radio. Yes. So do you want to, Mala, do you want to start with talking about who you are and yes. what you're about? Yes. Thank you. So um, I'm Mala Munoz, and I'm an L.A. native. I am a rape crisis counselor advocate. Um, I'm a crisis counselor. Um, I'm a danzante. Um, 
I'm a loca, I'm a crazy (laughs) bitch, I'm an activist, a feminist, and I also, um, I write. I write about women of color artists, um, especially women who are working in Los Angeles, Las Reinas del Sur, right, (laughs) of Southern California. So I've written for um, the Vibe Viva section for Vibe Magazine online, and I've written about um, Jessica Salgado, which is a wonderful friend of ours, incredible mujer, incredible chingona, activist, poet. I've written about uh, Monica Kim Garza, um, incredible painter, and then I uh, did a feature on Sand One, um, amazing muralist, uh, street artist, and entrepreneur. So that's a little bit about who I am. So, Diosa, uh, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and let the world know who you are? So I am a queer femme, queer high femme from Southeast LA. I'm a community organizer in the South Bay. Um, I work for a nonprofit. Um, I love makeup, I love tattoos, anything that's like femme-centered, art, music, um, and definitely intersectional feminism and activism, which is actually what brought us together, one of the many things that brought us together. Um, I'm also here for like non-linear healing. You know, I feel like that is so prominent in our communities right now, at least like the communities I'm involved in. Um, that is like the talk, right? Like yeah. healing and like being brujas, being locas, yeah. kind of like reclaiming all these terms, you know? Yes. And being like in tune or repairing these like lost connections to yes. like, we were talking about this the other day, to like mm-hmm. indigenous spirituality, yes. like Afro-indigenous spirituality yes. um, from our like different like Latin American and U.S. Latino contexts, mm-hmm. how we like retain different things. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, so I think that all that all has to do with that what you're talking about, mm-hmm. nonlinear healing. Yes. So yeah, I love like I feel like I'm involved in a lot of different things in LA. Um, one of them being um, Shop Me Vida. So I wanna give a shout right. out to Shop Me Vida. We are actually recording here um, at the shop. So they are on Highland Park. Um, they're in Highland Park on York and Avenue 52. I think y'all should ch- definitely check them out if you're not in the area. Right. It's worth the drive. You can order from them online. Um, so quick shout out to Noel, Dom, and Adriana from the shop for letting us use this space. Um, I love it. They're like so about community events and community work. They, um, you brought up Jessica Salgado, yeah. and two weeks ago, they, two three weeks ago, they actually had a Chingona Fire event here at Shop Me Vida, which is so dope. Um, and they also participate in the monthly Northeast LA Art Walk. So right. shout out to Shop Me Vida. Follow them on Instagram. They're super dope. You will not regret it. And the shop itself is just so dope. Like, it's such a cool space. Mm-hmm. Like, you walk in and your eye is immediately, like, drawn in all these different directions. All the art, the chingona aesthetics. Yes. I love it. It's just, I feel like I'm getting my life completely, <laughs> like, in, in many different ways. Yes, definitely. Yes. So hopefully we'll be recording from here more often. Mm-hmm, right. Um, yeah. This hopefully can be like our hub for Locatora Radio. Our spot. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's talk about our name now. Locatora Radio. Officially, we are Locatora Radio Mommies of Myth and Bullshit. Yes. So let's, can you tell me a little bit about where that came from? What inspired it? Yeah. So I think part of it was like we were looking for a name, an identity that really was intersectional 
and that it really just spoke to like experience I yes. think um, in like an honest way and so um, we were honestly just doing like word searches yes. and trying to get inspired by like okay what are some phrases like in Spanish that are like mm -hmm. really well known that we could flip a phrase right yes. and then people will understand the, the the origin and we were just like throwing out like okay these are words that I like these are words that sound interesting mm -hmm. getting our juices flowing and then okay locutora right is a radio host mm -hmm. and and just thinking about us and what we talk about mm -hmm. and this idea of nonlinear healing well what are we healing from right yes. like this ridiculous like mm -hmm. like like oppressive in a lot of ways like complicated world that we live in mm -hmm. and it's like a crazy making yes and right? redeemed as locas redeemed as locas constantly for anything for right. everything so it just made sense to, oh, okay, so we're a couple of locas on the radio. Yes. Locatora radio. There we go. The end. Yes. Um, I think something that you and I have, we kind of came up with a definition for, like, what is a loca? Right. And we said a loca is anybody who does not conform to what is expected of her. Absolutely. And in, like, a Latino context, I think loca has its own kind of connotation and yes. origins. Uh, that is different and separate from the term crazy mm -hmm. in English. I think that the way that the term loca is ascribed in like Latino communities and households has like it's specific because a loca could be like a term of endearment, like a good thing, yes. right? If you're a loca, you're you're that that woman that, that you don't give a fuck. Woman, yeah, like at the parties, like dropping it, drinking, doesn't give a fuck. Like yeah, that's a loca. That's a loca. You could just be living your life, getting yes. your life, and it could be kind of you know that's just that's just how you're living. Yes. But then the loca can also be like the girl who she's living her life differently than her grandmother lived her life. Right right she's the loca she's yes. crazy or the 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 survivor right mm -hmm. the survivor of sexual violence of domestic violence yes. often has that that label that mm -hmm. she's 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 loca she made she made it up you know yes. you can't believe her mm -hmm. um so i think just like because we exist in this environment mm -hmm. that like we're expected to act normally but then we're living in like sometimes really ridiculous conditions yeah. that's crazy making that's look yes. i'm making right there that's so like yeah i think what you're saying too about like not believing what the loca says like right. that is so near and dear to my heart um being a survivor of many like, multiple layers of violence right um being a woman of color i know we can both relate to what being a loca is and like how a lot of it is like crazy making. Yeah. I love how you said that um, because a lot of it, we're, we're made to be crazy in a way. We're made to be a loca. Right. Um, so I think first, um, before we proceed, uh, we definitely want to recognize that we are reclaiming the term loca. We understand its historical violence, its implications, yeah. um, and its stigma with mental health. So by in no means are we trying to take away um, from that. Yeah. But for us, we're definitely, it's personal it's political yeah we're reclaiming it it's and it's I think it has a lot to do with survival and just owning yes. that well the, the the reality is is that you and I both in our own separate you know worlds and communities and environments like have each dealt with you know mental health issues and yes. concerns and growing up in environments where you know not maybe not intentionally done but you're faced with a lot of patriarchy and machismo mm -hmm. right and 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 fat shaming and yes. slut shaming mm -hmm. so you know what does that create that creates an environment where you have young girls who are now dealing with eating disorders right. for 10 years at a time yes. right 
and and who deal with anxiety and depression on and off and, and can't talk about it can't talk about it you don't have anything to be depressed about right? right you don't have anything to be anxious about yeah you're just being a loca you're making it right up. right right so I reclaim that term because that is what I am because right. I have dealt with these things right so I'm not gonna be letting that word now have that negative weight yes. to it I would rather take that negativity off of it and be like yep this is what I live this is what I deal with mm -hmm. and this is who I am and it's not my fault necessarily but I have to make the best of it yes. right um, that's a really good transition into this episode that we are calling loca epistemology yes right? so uh, an epistemology is a, is a way of learning a way of knowing a way of examining yes. seeing the world um, and it's more than you know a rhetoric right? right and I think the other reason why we did want to incorporate the idea of the loca or the woman who's rebelling or is is acting against right because this idea of like a loca epistemology that we're talking about I feel like it's super prominent throughout like our Latin American folklore yes right so we have a lot of example we talk about the virgin whore dichotomy a lot but I think that in addition we can add an, another layer that there's also this kind of like mental health dichotomy too yes. so either you're well behaved on the straight and narrow and you're on the virgin side of that dichotomy mm -hmm. or you're also you're on the whore side of that dichotomy and you're that also can mean that you're also the loca right yes. so it's kind of a swift transition too for some of us we're not allowed a gray area right either mm -hmm. you're behaving and you're you're mm -hmm. doing what is expected or you're not there's no in between there's no in between yes so I want to talk a little bit about um, our subtitle so yeah the mommies of myth and bullshit so I guess patron saint of chingonas and right. I'm also gonna say patron saint of locas, of locas. chingonas and locas is Sandra Cisneros yes um, and the mommies of myth and bullshit that is from her poem loose woman uh, something that I love about Sandra Cisneros and that she makes it so clear in all of her writing in all of her interviews is that she is a woman of her own. Right? Yeah. She said, like, I am nobody's mother and I'm nobody's wife. Right. And that is her own way of being. Um, so in many ways, she can be considered a loca, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that um, when we say loca epistemology, so, so this is somebody who fits in, who has contributed to the epistemology, just like... And sometimes our, 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 like our patron saints, right, yes. our locas, maybe they didn't co contribute to the epistemology willingly, right. but they were thrown into it somehow. Yeah. Like you think about maybe like La Llorona, yes. right? That's a loca who historically we hear about her as a loca, right? And she is a tale that, a folklore that a cautionary our parents tale. tell us, like, we're supposed to be afraid of her. Right, right. But it's like, you know, what situation was she put up against mm -hmm. that drove her to behave the way that she yes. did? That drove her to become this eternally sad woman, right? Mm -hmm. Eternally, like generation after generation. Mm -hmm. It was probably, right, a lot of pressure, a lot of layers of oppression, a lot of violence. A lot of depression. Yeah. We can see that even with La Malinche, right? Right. And how she is... In some communities, she's glorified. In some communities, she's like the ultimate traidora. Yes. Right? She's la loca also. Right. Um, there's there's so many historical layers and to keeping in la mind loca. right and keeping in mind that la malinche we have to unpack that legend around her yes. and understand is there a survivor dynamic there yes, also exactly because if you're talking about a mujer an indigenous woman interacting with colonizers yes. there's a power differential of there of course you yes. know mm -hmm. so what was she drove what drove her to, to do right. what and she it, did it's so easy to just villainize her and say that she's the traitor yeah right? as opposed to seeing her perhaps as a survivor of layers and layers of violence, violence of colonialism of patriarchy of this you know this gender dichotomy um 
in in her story, right? Right, right. The race dichotomies. Yes, there's so many. There's so many. There's, and she's not humanized at right. all. She's just a legend or she's a folklore. She's a figure in history that we just see her as the traitor. She's yeah. the loca. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then the woman who may be into her, you know, getting older, reaching certain milestones where she's expected maybe to get married mm -hmm. or to live with a man or to start a family, she chooses not to. And that's Sandra Cisneros. Right. She, um, always talks about how she moved out of her father's house or moved out of her parents' house. Um, she was not married. She left to go to the university, you know, right. to pursue her career, her art. Yeah. And that, had, that hasn't, hadn't been done before. Right. Um, and she, I, I want to say she was the only girl in her family. Like, she only had brothers. I could oh, be I wrong. See. But I do know that she was the first one to leave without being married. Right. And that is... A thing that was a thing, and it's, it's, it's still, a, still thing. a thing. Oh yeah, there's still the expectation that, and it's so interesting to me because I've been thinking about this a lot, mm -hmm. like in my brain. I've been going over this because it's this sort of double-edged like issue and blessing, right? Yes. Because okay, you're expected to stay home because that's what's done until you get married and then you leave the house, right? Mm -hmm. And I live with my entire family. We're three generations, right, in one house, which I love. It's beautiful. It's a lot of love, right. <laughs> you know. It's a lot because right. it's a lot of people. But I'm like, okay, this is the issue. Like, I think that we do that, that we expect girls to stay home until they they are in the hands of another man, right? right? Until they get married. And then they kind of... Someone else will take care of them. Someone else will take care of them. So there's that history behind that. Then there's this issue of, well, we really can't afford to be renting all yeah. over the place because yeah. look at where we're we at. Look LA. at LA. You cannot live in LA. No, it's impossible. Can, like affordable housing doesn't does exist. Not exist. And even, even for people like us, like we have degrees, we bachelor's have degrees. degrees. I work full time. I you work know? full time. I cannot move out. No, I can't move out. So it's also this like mm -hmm. social and economic right. and racial pressure because think about where we live. Right. Can I talk about, <laughs> like, can I, can so I talk we stay about home for a sec? Like, <laughs> trying to have a sex life when you live at home. It's hard. Right? So <laughs> Even like wanting to have like a healthy sex life, yes. like you can't talk about it because no. there's so much shame in it. So and much. And we like we love sex. Right. We love talking and about I'm sex. I'm 24 years old. Like I am come a grown on. woman. Like it should be expected that I have sex, right? Um, but even just like wanting to talk about it, that you don't talk about no, it. No, you don't. Right? You're, no, you do you're not. a loca for wanting yeah. to talk about if, sex with your mama, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so it's kind of this bind where it's like, I want to live a full adult life. I feel that I should be able to, mm -hmm. but does being with my family mean that I can't live a full that adult I cannot, life? Yeah, that I, I can't yeah. really do what I want. Right. And so I'm staying home, which is a blessing because I have somewhere to live. Yes, definitely. Which is a Shout thing. out LA. mommy and papi. Shout out mommy and papi and grandma. <laughs> Shout out grandma yes. Nacha, my abuelita, <laughs> like who holds it down. Yes. But it's kind of this like, okay, I'm staying at home, A, because I want to, because I love my family. B, because it's what's expected of all of us, right? right. Generation after generation. And see, because I can't afford anything else. Right. So we do it as also like a survival, yes. you know, tactic. Yes. And, and a safety measure as well. Absolutely. I feel safer if I'm around people that I know. Right. Right. That's just for me, that's my comfort is I can reach out to somebody. Absolutely. You know? So yeah, I don't know how we got uh, into that topic. What? We were talking about Sandra because we she she left. she left. She left. That is okay. You I know. Would, you know, but but it's interesting too because the to be very honest with you, I really don't know any Latinos or like people of color that are from Los Angeles that like 
don't live with their parents. Yeah, I their families. can like count on my hand how many people like don't live at home. It's it's not a lot. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. I know a lot of white people my age Same. who started living on their own years ago, mm-hmm. right? And having their own apartments. But those people had lots of economic help. Yes. A lot. I don't, I don't know <laughs> They're not any, paying their own rent. Right. Yeah, I don't know They're anyone not. that's like in their early to mid twenties, even late twenties that live alone yeah. or they don't have roommates. Like right. I, I feel like that is very rare. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh my god, well I was just in New York visiting my friends. Shout out Lorianne. Shout out Hey, girl. hey girl. I was in New York visiting my friends from college and um, I want to shout all of them out, but we only have a, a you know a certain <laughs> number of minutes on this podcast. But over there too, uh, all of my my friends who are l- women of color who are Latinas who are are black, who are, you know, working, who have degrees, working full time, and everybody's over there five roommates. Yeah. You know, in an apartment. That's that is not a way to live. That's not a way to live, but, but that's how it's we. It's reality. That's our reality. That's how we have to live. Yes, it's a survival tactic. It's a survival sure. tactic, but I think it's also a beautiful thing that we are able to live in community. Mm-hmm. You know, like yes, you're like community rich, right? You're resource rich because of your community. community. Yeah, not because you have these um, resources that like the city is funding, right? Right. Or anything like that, but right. we're community rich or resource rich because of our community. Absolutely. Does that make sense? No, and even like in speaking of community, we can talk about community online even which is a big thing for us that is a huge thing for us maybe we should like keep it limited because i know we want to save that for right right let's go back to our loca epistemology um and we have some and this is going to be a recurring a recurring segment yes uh loca epistemology (laughs) so maybe not every every capitulo might not include a loca epistemology Mm -hmm. um we might switch it out with a different um some different content right a different segment yes um but to kind of ground us in an idea, right, of what is, an, what is a loca epistemology. Like, Sandra is definitely one of the foremothers who kind of, like, contributed to the canon, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that I love about, one of the many things I love about Sandra is that she, there, there's not that many writers like her, you know. Right. She is a prolific writer. She, um owns what she she owns her craft you know and we don't really have that many people that we can look up to in that way right right you know? I I do love how like now on social media I am seeing so many like young like women of color like poets and yes. authors yes. and like writers and and I, I am seeing a lot of Latinas a lot of Afro Latinas um uh, women of the the African diaspora yes. from a lot of different um backgrounds really creating literature like writing like mm-hmm. I see like like a generation of writers and I think it's so dope yes. like I love it because we always want to see you know women of color thriving in mm-hmm. every capacity but especially yes. in those areas where like growing up I, we were starving for more we were starving for more and we were only taught a certain type of writer right, right. and having I think that's why a house uh, a house on Mango Street is love so, I keep it at work with me on my desk it is so popular yes. like now, Sandra Santos has amazing work, so that is not, like, her only book, you know? So, yeah. she, you know, if you want to read something else by Sandra Santos, definitely pick up something else, um, because that is not her only work. Right. But it's definitely, like, attributed as, like, her her really big, successful yeah. piece. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the first time where she, well, she wanted to write about a house that looked like hers. You right. Know? And she's like, I have never read about a house that looks like mine, you know? Um so I think that's what's so powerful about it and what we can see with poets on Instagram yeah. or Twitter that they are actually creating, they're carving out space for women 
or for folks like them. Absolutely. And actually content that like speaks to like a very an actual reality for yes. us. Like, Leave It to Beaver is not reality, no. and I'm not interested. Shakespeare is not, not my reality. reality. No. Also, Shakespeare, talk about crazy making. Talk about, like, yes. like all the women in his, come in on. his plays. Like, come he fuck makes on. Them, like, yeah. Oh. It's horrible. I remember I went, okay, I did study, I studied abroad in London when right. I was in school, and I was there for a year, and it was a dope experience. One day, we, we'll talk about, like, traveling. Yes. We'll talk about our travels and stuff. Um, but... They took us to um, the Globe Theater, okay. right, to go see Taming of the Shrew. Okay. Oh, and my gosh. I know. And by the time, and to be very honest with you, I don't think I had ever read Taming of the Shrew. I mean, in high school, they made us read Hamlet and all the other, you know. Everyone you had <laughs> Everything to else read. that I had so to read. so important, the canon, right? The canon, right. The, this, the white like, man's canon. white, cis-head, yes. patriarchal canon that everybody falls over themselves for Shakespeare yes. and just are very defensive of him. Yeah. So I did not really know what Taming of the Shrew was. By the end, everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, f- f- fabulous theater, just incredible. I got out, and I, I was there with my friend Lorianne, with my homegirl. We saw it. I was like, Lorianne, like, what we just saw was so abusive like like he really the taming of the shrew basically like beating down wearing down grooming this bitch right who was out of control who was a loca right Right. in her uh, uh, a white loca Mm -hmm. in her own right you know (laughs) shout out white locas you're out there i know you are i have a few of my favorite white ladies out there you know uh, we'll shout you guys out one day, but not right now. It's not brown right now. girl. It's brown girl time. Yes. Um, and that's that's what I wanted to do. We're keeping brown girl time here on Locatora Radio, yes. right? This is brown girl hour. So, um, I'm like Lorianne. He like just gaslighting the whole time, starving mm. her. Yes. beating her essentially you know and by the end it the climax of the play is he she's under control now mm. he's beaten her into submission right. mentally in every other way i was yeah. like this is abuse this is shit yeah. i don't like this it i don't need so this normalized. it's so normalized yeah that so i don't want to read that shit no. anymore i want to read, read jessica salgado yes yes so Let's read, I'm going to read a few of my favorite lines from Loose Woman. Perfect. Okay. Let's do it. Let's so get into it. So the beginning, you know, I'm just going to read the first few lines because that just really sets the tone of Loose Woman. They say I'm a beast and feast on it when all along I thought that's what a woman was. They say I'm a bitch or witch. I've claimed the same and never winced. That's great. That is one of the most, I think, like, if we're talking about, like, Latina literature, Mm. like, Chicana literature, that's some iconic shit right there. That is iconic, like, legendary. Witch, bitch, like, all these things that we're trying to reclaim and that so many of our, of the folks in our, in our communities are trying to do, right? Um, Another one that I really like is diamonds and pearls tumble from my tongue or toads and serpents, depending on the mood I'm in. Right. It's not all sweet and honey. No. It's often, it's not. We have our complexities. Yes. And, okay, okay, I want to read this next line because I feel like it ties in because our complexities, I think, and when we stand up for ourselves and we try to speak truth to power and we say no and Mm. we set boundaries, right, or when we're victimized, we're met with a lot of anger and hatred, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of times we're, like, like if we're thinking about, like, I always think, try to think from, like, a survivor-centric, a survivor-focused, like, point of view, Mm. right? Yes. That we see so often that when women, especially women of color, Mm -hmm. especially transgender women, especially black transgender women, right, Mm -hmm. are victims, that 
abuse and that pain and, and now we're reaching out for help is often met with more hatred and more oppression mm-hmm. and more abuse and we yeah. think about like victim blaming, right? right? So when we are being our complex selves and standing up for ourselves, we often get that that backlash and this mm-hmm. these lines in loose woman really speak to that right the mob arrives with stones and sticks mm-hmm. to maim and lame and do me in all the same when i open my mouth they wobble like gin right so that's it right there that we get attacked so often for just trying to be our authentic selves yes. right and this is anywhere like especially women of color we are fucking harassed yeah for living for breathing for existing like it doesn't matter you can be outside on the street you can be walking to work you can be in the park oh my God. you can be going to the store or you can be on the fucking internet and right. you will be harassed anywhere right? for saying your message right for existing for, for fucking existing. breathing right you know and talk about crazy making i mean I, right i work at a rape crisis center right. right so i am dealing with violence against women and children all day long yeah. right and trying to provide services and help and support and counseling and all that good you know vital stuff so we're i'm doing that all day and my my female co-workers right have we've all had the same experience i step out the door and then i get cat called mm. right just the other day and it happens almost every week now at this point that and it's a lot of young women and it's a lot of Latinas that work where I work right and so there's a lot of foot traffic because it's in the city mm-hmm. and so we're getting we're getting harassed on the street right. and then my entire job every day is dealing with mm. abuse right? right and answering to abuse yeah. right and trying to clean up the mess that abuse leaves right. so that is really crazy making too because it's like wow I really can't go anywhere without yeah, having some kind of negative or harmful interaction and that's what it seems like being inflicted yeah. upon you yeah um yeah that is so that is so hard you know and that's that's your lived experience and that's the right. reality right right and it's true that's true for a lot of women for a lot of women for most women i would yes. say yeah. i can definitely relate to that you know i work in the south bay and I, I always joke that my office is my car because I'm very mobile. Right. I'm, I can, I, because I'm a community organizer, I work in the field. Right. So I will park my car like blocks away from where I'm supposed to be. And I'm like, you know, walking, you know, getting to my, my job, you know, to work with the women, mainly undocumented right. immigrant Latina women that I work with. And, um, I will, you know, I will be catcalled. I will be followed. I will be, you know, harassed, you know, and then I get to this like welcoming space with the senoras that I work with and I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm comforted. I'm, I feel good. And then I step out and it's the same thing all over again. Right. Right. You know, so even walking to my job is like impossible sometimes. Yeah. And when, and it's like, this is something that we can talk about and even, even on like the level of neurobiology, Mm -hmm. right. And like the way that our bodies absorb trauma, if we never feel safe because we never are safe like what does that do for your psyche what does that do for your mental health your emotional well-being when you never feel safe when you're constantly threatened or you're you're raised to understand that you are constantly in danger right right? little girls are brought up knowing that that there's somebody out there who wants to do us harm yes yes little girls little girls Yes, absolutely. And that's that's one of the biggest problems, I think, that young girls of color, um, they are really brought to that maturity quickly. Too quickly. Too quickly. Um, because it's made known that they cannot dress a certain way. Right. Um, they cannot be a certain way because... Be themselves. They cannot be themselves. They cannot be children. Right. 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 And that's one of the hardest things, I think, for me to reflect on now mm-hmm. that I'm, you know... 
as an as an adult, as a grown woman, you know, seeing like my experience as a child and having those like memories of not being able to just be a child. Right, right. No, absolutely. And so I I just wonder like how much damage that being in a state of constant fear. And I think of refugees. Yes. Right. And and we can talk about how um war and oppression and all of these things, our mental health issues, our gendered issues, our reproductive issues, immigration Mm -hmm. as a a reproductive and mental health issue as well. Absolutely. Because I really, I really want to know more about and talk more about and really like understand how constantly feeling in danger, never being at peace, never really being able to sleep well, how that really affects somebody's, their long-term health. Yes. You know? And so I think that that's another reason why like young youth of color especially young women of color are pathologized and how Mm -hmm. women of color in general are pathologized that oh latinas are crazy get you a crazy latina this and that this and that right Right. and it's because well if i I grew up my entire life kind of with this this sense of of insecurity Mm -hmm. coming from a lot of different directions and i don't have a sense of safety yeah again that's crazy making i'm a loca by design by environment right yes i love that absolutely I had something that I was going to say to follow up, but that just blew, like, blew me, you know, right right now. That was, that was great. Um, Should we do a song break? Let's do a song song break. break. We need to, like, gather ourselves. gather ourselves. We need to, like, recenter after that. That's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. And I feel like, oh, also, also, I just want to say, if you hear some crying in the background, it's my puppy. It's Taquito. He just... Shout out Taquito. (laughs) Shout out Taquito. He's a Chion. Yeah, I found him on the street. Yes. The streets of Pasadena. But he's a Chion when he's not with his mom, when he's not with me. He's upset. (laughs) He cries. Yes. So let's do a song break, and then we'll come back. Orcasteras peligrosas. to hear more episodes of Locatora Radio, um, hosted by Diosa Femme and Mala Munoz. Uh, find us on Instagram. Yes. Uh, the, our Instagram name is Locatora underscore radio. Um, we eventually will be on Twitter. Yes. And we're going to be posting our capítulos, our episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. and iTunes. So that's where you can listen to us. That's where you can find us. And we'll be posting content on Instagram. Absolutely. In between episodes. Yes. And if there's a topic that you want to hear about, let us know. Comment on yeah. it. You can DM us. Um, let us know if there's something that you loved or something that maybe you want to know more about. Right. Have questions. Right. We will, are, we want to be like as accountable as like um, transparent as, as possible, possible, you know. So yeah, definitely. And give we believe, yeah, and we believe in. I want to say, um, especially when we're engaging with really sensitive topics, that you know. I can only speak to my own experiences. Absolutely. And if I am not able to speak on somebody else's experience, you know, I'm not going to try and do right. it because I don't want to be inaccurate or inauthentic. But if you feel like there's a topic you want to hear us 
discuss and we want to have guests on the podcast on the, on the radio program we want to have guests to come and talk about experiences that we don't have right because yes. I'm I can't be an, an, um, an expert on anybody else's reality right um, and we believe in calling in right because this we want this to be about learning and healing and advancing mm-hmm. and moving forward mm-hmm. and loving each other not tearing each other down absolutely so I personally don't tolerate like hate call out, like online. This call out culture that we live in like is so toxic. It can be very toxic. Yes. I think sometimes it does have to happen. It's important. Um, Absolutely, it does. But I think that what I would hope for is for like a call in culture where we're Definitely. okay. Let's talk about right. this. Let's explore. Let's unpack. Let's learn yeah. and let's grow. Let's evolve. Definitely, like remember that we are two women of color. You know that are creating art. And, like, trying to carve out space for folks like us uh-huh. so they can, exper- can relate to our experiences. Right. Um, so keep that in mind that we're human. We're you know? human. I have feelings. I'm I a Chiona. Yes. <laughs> I'm a Chiona. Absolutely. So. I'm very sensitive, you mm-hmm. know. So let's, let's, let's um, be gentle with one another. Yes. Right? That, like, that is a theme that I, I think we will probably carry throughout Gentleness. this podcast. Gentleness. Yeah. healing this nonlinear healing that we keep talking about, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, so listen to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When something happens to your car, you might say... But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. La cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? 
Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.